Back to the Restless Show. I'm Father Joseph Gill, your host from the Diocese of Bridgeport, and here with Javier, Lauren, and Diane as we dive deeper into what it means to be a young adult Catholic in today's world. And today we're talking about a topic that is going to be one of the most interesting and applicable topics for all of us, and that is Catholic dating. Well, I guess it won't be applicable to all of us. <laughs> I was just thinking I'm, that. I'm kind of out of that realm. But, <laughs> but to those of you who are listening, who are kind of wondering, like, how should Catholics date? That's the question we're going to be kind of examining today, kind of telling your own stories of dating, the good, bad, and the ugly, and also how as Catholics we should kind of be approaching this part of our life that's pretty important, how to find a spouse, what God is intending for the dating life and the dating world. So I'm not going to do most of the talking, <laughs> although my Catholic dating experience ended in 10th grade, but uh, oh wow, yeah, people are surprised that pre-state, but I, I did at one time in high school have two girlfriends, not at once, oh, wow. in succession. <laughs> that was going to be my next question. <laughs> no. So tell me about, uh, what's your dating experience been? You know, how, are you are you currently in a relationship? Have you recently come out of one? Javier, what, what's your experience been? I am currently in a relationship, happily, um, dating a wonderful Catholic woman. Um, and... Uh, We've been dating now since uh, April, uh, April 16th. Nice. So are, are you allowed to say her name on air? Yes, Maria Virginia, but I call her Mavi. Everybody knows her as, as Mavi. Nice. So we have Mavi and Javi dating Mavi. each other. So if they get married. <laughs> that would be easy. Uh, that would be awesome. Yeah. The hashtag will be pretty easy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And that's how you pick your spouse these days. Yes. Have a good hashtag. No. No? No. <laughs> No, but it's um, it's uh, it, to answer some of your questions. It's it's my first Christian, like real Christian relationship. So um, there's been a lot of learning um, in the way and uh, into what the Lord actually wanted for me uh, for my future. And so, so you uh, had some relationships before that were not Christian per se. No, 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 uh, not at all. Um, they, even girls that I dated that claimed to be Christian or Catholics or any denomination, um, but believers of Christ, um, we were definitely not living a Christian relationship. It was very secular relationships. Mm. What's exactly the difference? Well, so, uh, Mavi and I are, you know, trying to live, um, our relationship the way that the church wants us to live it on, but ultimately the way that Jesus would want us to live it. Um, and that is to, um, fall in love with each other. Um, uh, I always think about the the Song of Songs, um, in which um, the lover uh, first sees his woman as his sister, um, and then, you know, once they're married, and once they become one flesh, then he sees her um, as more than a sister. Um, but that's kind of the, the point of it, is that, you know, we're trying to remain chaste, um, but ultimately, more importantly, um, always focused on on the goal that is to bring each other to holiness um and you cannot you can't do that unless christ is at the center of your your relationship yeah and so the best piece of dating advice i ever heard was from a priest who said start running after jesus and once you've been running after jesus for a while look around and see who's running with you yes and those are the people you should be dating oh that's like that's i mean growing up in the protestant world for a couple of years i heard that many times too 
preachers would say that all the time. Um, I think it's just become a common thing, and it, it makes total sense, right? I mean, you're running madly towards the Lord, and then you look left or you look right, uh, and there's there's going to be someone there. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a good point, too, because I, I think in society today, um, people look at marriage as kind of like a commodity or just they don't really understand the purpose, right? I mean, most of it's just they come from it from like a secular standpoint, and a lot of people are just focused on like, I mean, getting picture of the ring when you get engaged and planning the day as opposed to planning your lives together. Um, and I think oftentimes people forget that it's a vocation and that, you know, like as husband and wife, the whole purpose of marriage is to bring each other to heaven, right? And to raise kids, God willing, in the faith. Um, so I think it's it's such a serious sort of endeavor, um, dating that, that is, um, and that it's something that like we really have to take seriously. And also, you know, just like Javi said, Christ is to be at the center because if he's not, I mean... I don't know. I don't. I don't want to live a, a non-Christ-like secular marriage or be in that because I think that, like, if you have eternity as your common goal, I think that you can get through a lot of the daily struggles and you know things that you might not be able to overcome in a secular relationship. Yeah, yeah, and that takes that takes the interior formation of your virtues, right? You know, just today I got a phone call from a guy who said, uh, "Father, you know, I'd like to get married." I'm like, Great. Okay. When you know when you when are you thinking about getting married? It's like a month from now. I was like, mm, you probably should have called me about five months ago. <laughs> and I was trying to explain to him that, that to prepare for marriage is more than just preparing for the day. It's about formation, formation of the virtues that are going to be necessary for a good and happy, healthy marriage. And he was just kind of like, uh, can, can we make it a little faster? Right. <laughs> like you can't do formation faster. You can't develop a virtue overnight. You know, it's a habit that you grow in over and over again well you know what he had in mind you know why he wants to get married in a month right because there's a discount on what, rental halls i don't know <laughs> that's a good point. he wants to get married in a month because he wants to become one flesh with this woman and that's the the goal that he has in his mind but even though that is the intent of uh leaving your mother and your father to cleave to a woman there's so much so much that needs to happen before that happens you know and the Lord, just like he wants us to be patient through our single life, he also wants us to be patient when we are dating. Um, and in that patience, we become closer to the Lord. Um, I think he wants us to master our fleshly desires because, you know, he wants us to see the beauty of becoming one in him. Um, and becoming, I always think about the a triangle, right, where... God is at the center, and the closer that you and your spouse or you and your girlfriend uh, or you and your fiancé are getting to the Lord, the, cl the closer you are getting to each other, mm. right? You know, but it until you are closer to the Lord and in a really good relationship, both of you, not just one of you, in a really good relationship with the Lord, you should not become one flesh because... well. You shouldn't be welcome one flesh until you take the wedding marriage vows. Of course. <laughs> I don't care how close you are to the Lord. <laughs> well, you know what I meant. That's what I meant. Uh, but, I mean, you think about people like St. Paul and stuff, and you think about some of the biggest um, doctors of our church, and they struggle with the flesh. And, like, That's you true. know, they live lives that are different than ours. Every living, breathing second of their day, you know, was devoted to their ministry. 
Uh, like we as laymen, I think like they struggled. Yeah, of yeah, course. Struggled, but we work. We don't spend, you know, a lot of as long a time in prayer. We don't spend all this time like reading and studying as they did. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been, you know, scholars or the doctors or writing all these epistles and stuff. And yet they struggled with their flesh. So you're saying it, everyone struggles. Yeah, of course. It. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Everyone does. Yeah. And so, and that, you know, that actually is, you know, St. Thomas Aquinas said that's one of the main reasons for marriage is for an outlet for concupiscence. Yeah. You know, an outlet for the, the struggles of the flesh that, that a lot of people do wrestle with, you know? Right. And it's legitimate. I think it's legit. My brother's actually getting married in a month as well. He got engaged about two weeks ago. Mm, nice. Well. <laughs> and I'm willing to do this one because he is doing it for the right reasons. Because he said, you know, look, I want to I want to make a home with her. You know, I want to have kids with her. I want, you know, to do everything right in the Catholic Church. And I was like, well, I can't really argue with that. You know, right. I think he's doing it right. Yeah, that's what it's all about. My brother actually never dated either. He's kind of an interesting situation because he, uh, during the coronavirus quarantine, he ended up he was just kind of alone at home. So his friend's like, hey, why don't you come and hang out with uh, me and my grandparents during the coronavirus quarantine? And he's like, all right, sure. So he we went over to their house and uh, just kind of got to know this, this girl who was, who was his friend. They, they met in Bible study. And after hanging out for like five months together in a house where they were very chaste, they you know, lived in separate rooms. But he's like, you know what? Even though we've never dated, let's just get married. Let's make this official. Yeah. That's kind of crazy, but good for them. <laughs> in our post-coronavirus world, you know. <laughs> Anything is possible. Or in the normal possible. order of things, I think we all think or like you're, you've come to understand, usually the process takes a little longer and you do actually date, like go on dates and it progresses. But if they know, they know. And that's a beautiful thing. So that's one of the questions for you is what do, what do you think? And maybe, maybe there is no answer to this, but what do you think is the ideal amount of time to date someone before taking that next step of engagement? From what I've seen, I think it could totally vary, right? right. And um, I've heard this often, right? Like, we just knew, you know? And it could be a really short time. Or, like, I know my parents, I think it was about four years for them. And that seemed right to me. So, like, growing up, I always thought, oh, that's probably about how long it takes. But that also had to do with when they met. I think my mom was still in school and my dad had graduated but gone back and took additional courses. And he's four years older, so started out with her in school and then he ended up moving to Michigan. So it was long distance uh, for mm. his job. So, you know, like that was their path, right? And that's the one I know the best. Um, but for everyone, it's different. And for me personally, I've just had like short term things, mostly like dating here and there, flings. A lot of things don't actually turn into anything, um, which I think is for the best, right? Because it's, if it's not the right fit, it should end. (laughs) And uh, what I tend to see is people in these long drawn out things, right? And like you as a friend may realize like, oh, those two don't actually seem right. Like they kind of- They're trying to make it work. Conflict a lot. Yeah. And they just keep going down the path like, you know, and in the secular world, it's like, okay, well, we're going to move in together. That's often, you know, date for a while and then move in. And then after a couple of years of that, then it's engaged then it's married and it might never be right, yeah. you know, from very early on. Do you feel, especially for the ladies here, do you feel like some ladies in particular, and maybe the guys too, but some ladies in particular have a fear of not being attached to someone? Absolutely. Like, like they date people just so that they can have a boyfriend. Absolutely. Really? Yeah. But I think men do that too. I mean, I've certainly had an experience where I, I met a guy and we dated a little bit and 
he was like super into me and it was like okay and then it turned <laughs> out that he didn't actually retain anything about me even like that our birthdays were 11 days apart and he made a big deal about that like oh look at that we're so close in age and then like my birthday came he totally forgot he didn't call me i'm like okay <laughs> oh, well gosh it, that oh, was wow. fine because i'm not that kind of a girl really and also it was still very new but the whole point was like he was just infatuated with this idea like i want a girlfriend uh, oh, yeah. and here's this person that can fit that slot. And now I can, yeah, I think even too, it was like, even yeah. emotional stuff. Like I can dump all this stuff on this person. I see, I see that a lot too in relationships, but your partner necessarily isn't there for that. Like they're more than that. Like they're your equal, they're your partner. You can't just yeah. use them for whatever it is, whether it's emotional or psychological or sexual, right? Like whatever it may be. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a strong temptation too. Cause like, I mean, I'm just very... I kind of just marched to the beat of my own drum. So, but I think a lot of girls just, I mean, it's so easy to, you know, like you feel lonely or whatever, and you just want attention from someone and people give you that attention. But I think if you're striving for a Christ-like relationship, you know, it's like I could go on an app and just go out with any guy, you know, it's, it's easy, but you have to sort of understand your self-worth and wait for just trust that God has, you know, if this is truly your vocation, that God will, like, in his time, will make things happen, you know, and just to be patient. I think what Javi was saying before, patience is hard. It, it's it's difficult, but it's something that you can only learn by being patient and trusting. And I think that in and of itself is like a spiritual lesson that, like, for example, for myself, that, like, God is sort of like, I would never understand that lesson if I had, if I wasn't sort of going through it. And I think it's beautiful when you kind of start to see, like, you look back and see the way that things have weaved together. Um, and you just, you know, you strive for virtue and, and holiness. That can be hard to wait, though, because I'd imagine that the question comes, you know, oh, am I ever going to find anybody? Or is there something wrong with me? I'm sure yeah. that Diane and I have both had those thoughts <laughs> <laughs> more than once, but... I don't know. What can we do about it? Well, I think you, like, one of the most important things that I've kind of, like, I guess learned over the years is that, like, your worth isn't based on whether you're in a relationship or not, you know? And I'm not just saying that. I really, I, I do believe that. I mean, just because you have a girlfriend or just because you're married, it's like, it's not, it's not like then you've, like, oh my gosh, my you life is it. complete. I've made it. I have nothing. You know, I see people in marriages and it's hard work. It's like, it, it's, it's a lot of stress and I think we all always look at like the grass is always greener on the other side. If only I had that, if only I had this, if only I had that, like I would be totally perfectly happy. And I don't think that's the case. And I think that you can experience that in not just in dating, but in any aspect of your life. Um, and yeah. you also have to, I mean, just, you know, like d dive into the Bible. I mean, like God, we were knit in, in like God knew us, right? Before we were, before we were born, he chose room, yeah. us. He specifically chose us. Like the chances of us being alive, I don't even know what those are, but like so many things had to happen, right? <laughs> Pretty small, I would imagine. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, okay, God has a purpose for your life and your life isn't like defined by your relationship status. It's, yeah. it's so much more than that. I think if you get so drawn up in that, you can waste your life, you know, just, yeah, just feeling sorry for yourself and then missing the purpose of why god planted you here which i think is is scary like you know to yeah to i, think I sometimes happen. hear somebody say oh, oh my my boyfriend or my girlfriend completes me and i'm mm. like nah, it shouldn't be the case it should be the god completes you because right. you can't look to find your missing part from your boyfriend or girlfriend because you come you should come to a relationship to give you know yep. to, to lay down your life for this person not to 
get from them what you're missing, what you're hungering for. And that's the thing. I think if you're like, if you're talking about marriage and you're talking about those things, like I love that he does this for me. I love that he does that for me. Like it's all focused on yourself. And really like the whole purpose of life is self gift and to give it away. So I think you're just coming at it from the wrong perspective. Yeah. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some practical nitty gritties. Where in the world can good Catholics find dates? Hey, did you know you can take Veritas Catholic Network with you wherever you go? All you have to do is download the Veritas Catholic Network app. Then you can listen to the live broadcast 24 hours a day. You can also grab podcasts of our original shows like Let Me Be Frank and Restless and much more. Right at your fingertips and on your phone. Download the Veritas Catholic Network app today at the Apple App Store or on the Google Play Store. Or visit www.veritascatholic.com. And welcome back to Restless. We've been talking about a topic that's pretty pertinent to all of our lives, those of us who are perhaps single, and that is Catholic dating. Where in the world do good Catholics find dates? Because if you're in your 20s or 30s, you probably don't want to just go hang out at bars. You know, that's not really the kind of people you want to, I mean, maybe you will meet a spouse there, maybe somebody you know, to hang out with. But the question is, as a good Catholic, where, do I, where am I going to find people? And since I'm kind of out of that dating pool, I'd love to hear from you all who are still dating. Where have you looked? Where do you find people? So, I mean, I can speak for myself. I definitely looked at, I was at the bars for a few years and that that didn't happen. I don't know what was going on. Like in terms of, you know, like you think that, I I don't know. But so after that, I tried like um, just some dating apps. So there were some, there's some secular dating apps. And I think one of the things that you have to be very careful about is that people like label themselves even on, and I've tried Catholic Match as well. Just because someone is on a site and labels themselves as Catholic doesn't mean that they're actually practicing <laughs> Catholics. Um, so that is one, you know, I think it's a great sort of tool that people have developed, right? So, and people have gotten married. I will say my sister got married through through Catholic Match. Okay, yeah. see, so nice. it works. Met a really good Catholic man. It works, but just like everything, it's not like a magic pill or something. Like you have to kind of be careful um, about who you're talking to and get to know them because I think my experience has been that just because you call yourself a Catholic doesn't mean that you are and that's kind of been one of I guess disappointing things for me of just not being on the same page about like the reality of the faith you know um I mean I think another place to meet people is just like a bible study or a young adult group I know we started a young adult group in our um you know in Stanford Connecticut and uh, I know a couple of people who are now in relationships because of that um, nice. and just, yeah. yeah, getting to know other people. So I think, you know, mass and just going, like if you're striving after a Catholic relationship, go to where the Catholic young adults are, which is like, you know, mass, young adult meetings. Um, I would definitely yeah. encourage our listeners, if you're not part of a young adult group, to, to become part of one because they're out there. A lot of times people say, oh, the church has abandoned young adults. That's not true. You just have to look. You know, right. ask your parish priest. You know, most people probably are in a parish where it's more, more elder, older people or maybe, you know, families. You know, like, I don't see anyone near my age. Well, you know, look around. Yeah. Or look at the town next door. Or look like, at the town next door, yeah. Stanford has a lot more going on than Greenwich yeah. does, you know, as far as I know. But in my experience, so I started coming to these Catholic young adult things more and more. I meet a ton of girls and <laughs> make new friends. <laughs> I mean, there are some guys, but there's always more girls than guys. So... It's been hard, and it's like a known thing. Like you know, before you were here, it was Father Andy, and we we just would talk about it all the time. Like, yep, there's plenty of nice women here, but the in, men are a little shorter in supply. In the defense of the men, 
I hear from the men saying, oh, I can't find any good Catholic women. <laughs> like, what the hell? I wish I, <laughs> <laughs> There's tons of us. I, I was like, I wish I could set you up with a girl that says the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> Opposite way no. around. Yeah, I don't know. And I always thought too, you know, um, you got to be out living your life, right? Doing whatever it is. So for me, it's Ultimate Frisbee. And I've certainly met some people and dated people that play Ultimate and share my passion, which has been fun. Um, and I coach basketball. There's way more like men's basketball coaches than women. But, you know, that hasn't worked out. But I always kind of thought, hopefully something that I do, you know, will lead me to someone with um, similar interests. But so far, nothing serious. And I really haven't dated many Catholics. Like, I think one guy that I dated happened to be Catholic. It was brief. But like, I don't I don't really date Catholic people. Like the, the last guy I dated last year was Christian. So that was good. And the, we met through an app and um, he told me like pretty early on, like, oh, I like that it said that you're Catholic and it's important. You know, like that stood out to me. Nice. Like, yeah, exactly. Because of course, when I did that, I'm like, oh, do I want to do that? I don't know. It's like, yes, you want to do that. That is who you are. You know, this is a good thing. Um, but with him, it was a challenge in the difference between Protestant and Catholicism. And one time I yelled at him because he would not stop calling the Eucharist a symbol. And oh. I was like, this is so offensive, like not to me, but like to Jesus. Like, I can't believe you won't listen to his word, what he said. So I got pretty angry, you know, but then I'm like, okay, come on, be merciful, right? Like be patient, try to bring him in over time. So this brings up another good question that we should kind of wrestle with is should we as Catholics broaden our our horizons for dating and date people that maybe are not Catholic or maybe not on the same spiritual page as us, maybe in the hopes that we can bring them closer to Christ? Or... Diane and I disagree because she's shaking her head no and I'm over here like, well, yeah. Cause... All right, no, go ahead. <laughs> you got to... The different perspectives here. Diane, why, why do you say no? I mean, for me having a Catholic relationship and being on the same page about like, I just think down the line of like wanting to raise kids in the Catholic faith. I think there's, there can be a lot of tension and animosity. And this is from like my past experience as well of there's a lot of like, you think, Oh, Christian, we have everything in common. And that's often not the case. It's sometimes it can be a pretty sort of like hostile, you know, thing. And then if, if my husband is not going to, to mass and how are my kids, my kids when they're 10 years old, they're going to be like, well, why he's not going, I'm not going to go. Um, I just think it leads to a lot of problems. And I just, I just view marriage as a vocation of like getting each other to heaven. And I'm, I'm not saying that other Christians aren't, you know, holy, I'm sure they're living, some of them are living holier lives than Catholics. But for myself, I want someone who is on the same page about all of the things that like I hold most dear to my heart. And that's, that is non-negotiable for me. Lauren, the rebuttal? <laughs> well, I, I feel the same way. Do I want to marry a Catholic man? Yes. Like, who has my same level of faith, all these things. I mean, I there's no way I'm not raising my future kids in the Catholic faith. Like, that's a non-negotiable. But at this point, I've kind of just realized, like, hmm, well, Catholic men are harder to find than I thought when I was much younger. So... Now, that's why it's like if I connect with someone that's nice or funny and we get along, we have similar interests, whatever it is, then I'll date them, you know, and see where it goes. And maybe it can, you know, go this way or maybe it can't. Maybe it goes a different way. Maybe it ends, you know, whatever it is. But hmm. I've left it open. Javier, you have to you have to break the tie here. <laughs> so I <clears throat> I've, I've heard something said that and I, and I kind of want to change the way that they said that because I kind of I kind of see it differently Um there's something that was said that was do not lower your standards, but increase your patience. And in this case, it wouldn't be really lowering your standards. It would be changing your standards because we're not higher 
than evangelicals or anything. But lately I've come to the realization that we're not, we're equally yoked when it comes to our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, but we're not equally yoked when it comes to the things that we believe in. And being equally yoked is one of the most important things when you're meeting somebody. That's He's referencing a, a quote from St. Paul, which instructs believers to be not be yoked with unbelievers in Correct. marriage. Yeah. So, and just to explain to you guys what a yoke was, uh, it was it's an instrument that was used um, for farming where they would put it on the necks of two animals and it would keep them together. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so they couldn't really, one couldn't go left unless the other one was going left as well. And so that's what being equally yoked means. You're both looking at the same thing. And so if there's going to be, so arguments about your faith should not be what separates you. You know, and there will be a lot of opportunities for arguments. And this is something that I came to the realization just literally a couple of weeks ago. You know, the more I dive into the faith and the more I start going to, like, say, even traditional mass and everything. And so it's like, you know, it's tough. It's really, really tough. But there is a period of discernment, right? When you when you meet somebody, right? You meet somebody and you're in that period of discernment of whether or not you want to date them. And you can tell in that period of discernment whether or not that person's going to be open to say go to mass and say maybe they're christians but maybe they'll say you know what i love you and i love the lord and if this is where you want to go to church this is where i'm gonna raise our kids and that's fine you know either way whether it's a husband or a wife you know that's fine that either respect way factor but if there's yeah. going to be an argument from the get-go about where you're going to go to church where you're going to bring your kids then that's not going to end there I've all I've also heard it said that arguments before marriage are only going to get intensified whenever the problems that you have before marriage are only going to get way intensified, you know, Nothing because bad. all those little things that you're overseeing or overlooking is the word. Um, they're not going to get overlooked later on, you know. So here's a question for you then. So when you're looking for a potential boyfriend or girlfriend, what are some of the characteristics that you personally would look for? I can. You can say physical too. <laughs> no, nice no. Hair, the right? the very first thing is you know, as Christians, we should look at look for somebody that's going to be running towards the Lord with all our mind, soul, and strength, mind, heart, soul, and strength. That is the very first thing, because otherwise, nothing else really matters. You know, if our goal is to get to heaven or to be holy, you know, then that's the first thing. You know? see, I would. Challenge you just with a very practical reality. I mean, you said nothing else really matters. That's in terms of a, like a friendship. Yeah, I want friends that are like totally Christian. But like in terms of a, like a marriage relationship, there's a lot of other stuff that matters too. No, no, if it, it you, obviously if you're something you're attracted to, something you jive with, you know. What that, I, meant, I know what you, I know you mean that, but I know what I'm, I know what you're trying to say, and uh, what I meant by that. I think I should probably explain myself a little bit. Is unless you have that the other stuff does not matter as much, you know, because that's the first thing you should look for. If that's not there, then you shouldn't look at something else. Now, if that is there, then that's when you start looking at other things. Like, but, do but you then, have... then you go back to Lauren's point, though, about like, you know, finding people that perhaps are not on the same spiritual page as you, but that respect your spiritual beliefs and kind of... Yeah, and I, I can't say that I've done what Hoppy has done just because I haven't really encountered it. Let's see, for me, the reason why I kind of came to this realization was the last girlfriend I had was an atheist. Mm. And 
after she and I broke up, and we dated for about two years. After she and I broke up, I found myself on my knees praying in tears, plenty, <laughs> asking the Lord, why, Lord? Why did you bring her to me, knowing that my flesh was so weak and that she fit all of those weaknesses? And so, why, Lord? Why? And I came to the realization that I would have been completely fine with somebody that said they were Christian, but they weren't in love with the Lord. That's what I really wanted in that moment. So, and so, I would have been way more than content with that. So this atheist girlfriend kind of showed you that that not just being called a Christian, but actually like living it out is well, she didn't. The, the Lord the critical piece. The Lord did. The Lord did through her. Yeah. You know, that's what He did in my heart through her. It brought me to my knees, and after I was on my knees and crying and begging Him to reveal why, He said, "Because this is what I want for you. Because this is what it. This is what it should be." Yeah. I want you to be with a woman that's in love with me so that you can both grow in holiness together. And that's that just became very apparent to me. And I was like, I don't want to date someone or marry someone unless they have that first. Once I see that in them, then I can start looking for somebody that has the same family values as me, that has the same morals as me, or maybe even higher morals as a woman. <laughs> You know, I, I respect yeah. that and love that a lot about a woman, so. That's beautiful. Yeah. So, unfortunately, we're running, we ran out of time, but this was a great discussion and a great topic, and I'm glad we had some different perspectives from the, from the four of us. But I want to leave you listeners with this. So, as, as we mentioned, one of the best pieces of dating advice is just start running after Jesus, and after you've been running after him for a while, look around, see who's running with you. Join a young adult group if you haven't. You can try catholicmatch.com, <laughs> no guarantees. Or Catholic but, Adventure Stanford. Or Catholic Adventure Stanford, if you live in Stanford. But uh, definitely get to know some other people because there are others in your boat who are looking for a spouse, I guarantee, whether it's a guy or a girl. And you know, if, if it's God's will for you to be married, you, know, you have to take that step and kind of step out really in faith and just be like, hey, I just want to get to know you. And start with the start of the friend and see where it goes from there. Thanks so much for joining us on Restless. You can find us on Veritas Catholic Radio at 1350 AM and also wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much and see you next time.